On this episode of Sessions, we chat with David Sherry, founder of Death to Stock. Listen in as we chat about the latest Shapeshift report, Death to Stock collaboration, and for David's five tactics to building creative communities. Sessions by Matt Black, a podcast by and for the creative class focused on digging into the things that make brands and campaigns go from good to great. I am Chelsea Matthews. I'm the founder and creative director of Matt Black, and I'm sat here today with David Sherry, who is the founder of Death to Stock. Hi, David. Hello, hello. (laughs) We are um, really excited because uh, we launched a partnership together between Death to Stock and our media platform, um, Shapeshift Report, and it's dope. Yeah, the images look so good. I was <laughs> geeking out when I saw it. And it's it's fun to be here in the same room that we planted in like three, four months ago. I know. I know. October crept up. I remember yeah. when we first met, I was like, damn, October, I want to do it now. Um, so just as a little background before we kind of dive in and, and let David take the stage, we... As many of you know, at Matt Black are um, a brand marketing and creative studio. And part of what we do is content creation for a lot of brands. And you can't always create all your content firsthand. It is uh, incredibly challenging, especially in the content demands of today's landscape. And oftentimes you turn to um, creators in the community or stock photography sites. Um, And, you know, no offense, Shutterstock, but like I literally could not. I just can't. So actually years ago, we came across Death to Stock and geeked out because um, not only was it really cool uh, photography from incredible photographers, but you also launched a free pack every month of images that you could use, which for small brands and big brands is huge. Yeah, it's uh, it's been every month for the past four years, actually. Um, so what we find that's really interesting is uh, there's a ton of people who are trying to start projects, start businesses, learn design, learn how to make a website. And if they have materials and tools that look great, it just helps them so much in getting started and being inspired. Because if you're trying to make your first website or you're trying to make your first design and you just have really cheesy tools to work with, it just is a lot harder to kind of get that motivation. So what's been exciting for us is when we hear from the community along the way uh, and they say, hey, I've been thinking about this app for like a year and I didn't start it until I saw that photo pack. Um, or I have been thinking about doing this like writing blog and these images really inspired me as a prompt um, to create something. So we kind of feel like we create so that other people can create. Uh, so it's always exciting to hear how people are using it. Yeah. And we'll dig more into that. But first, I have to ask you some very, very personal questions. Sure. <laughs> what are you streaming on Netflix? <laughs> Uh, this is sort of embarrassing, but I've been really into, uh, all types of chef type related things, mm. which has gotten me into the British baking show. I don't know if you guys know about this, I've but it's heard like, about this. it is amazing. It's very like strange and kind of like silly, but it's essentially a baking competition. Um, but I like that show a lot. I like chef's table a lot. Um, I think chefs are just very interesting people. You know, they have to pull together this team to kind of bring a vision to life. So I think there's some good nuggets of learning there. Um, but yeah, anything kind of cooking related, I'm really into right now on Netflix. And do you cook? 
Uh, I'm trying. Uh, Gordon Ramsay actually has a master class that I'm going to take uh, and no try way. to. Yeah, so I'm going to try to get more into it. I won't. I wouldn't say that uh, it's going to turn out too well. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I have been more inspired just kind of seeing how like. Yeah, people just express their creativity so many different ways. And um, there's people doing amazing stuff with food. So it's yeah. fun to learn from them. I love that. So if you weren't doing Death to Stock, what would you be doing? Yeah, this is a great uh, question because I feel like everybody should sort of ask themselves this. I think any business can kind of go away. You never know what's going to happen in the future. So it's nice to have like other interests going on. Um, for me, I think the music industry is in a really interesting place right now. I think it's in a lot of turmoil. Um, and like the future issue, we kind of talked about how as things change, there's also a lot of opportunity there. And you can look at it in two different ways. And so um, I'm interested in the music business, the music industry. Um, I'm curious to kind of watch what Spotify is doing because... I just think with so much change, there's so much interesting stuff that can be done there. Um, so I don't know exactly what piece of the music industry I'd want to be in, but somewhere in that space, I yeah. think there's some cool stuff that can happen. So I that's where that. I go. I totally hear you. And then what would be your dream vacation? Um, okay. So this is kind of a funny answer. I was supposed to go to Thailand last year and a week before I left, I got a bunch of vaccinations like you do. Um, I think I'd just been like working out and working a ton and I got really sick. I got shingles actually, <gasps> which is like not normal for somebody who's 26 years old. <laughs> um, and so like days before, um, the guy I work with out in New Zealand, who I'll give a shout out to Sean Singh was going to meet me from New Zealand in Thailand. And he had already left because he was going like two days early. And here I am getting really sick. Um, and I thought it was just like a cold or something. And then I realized it's like, that's like serious. Like you're out for like a month. And wow. so I had to call him when he's in Thailand because we were going to meet up and travel around and be like, dude, I can't make it. <gasps> so uh, I would go to Thailand because <laughs> I have to kind of like, you know, recoup. Yeah, have to recoup. So, um, but luckily actually that was a blessing. I won't go into the story, but I just feel like that was a turning point for me with work. Um, so I think I could go to Thailand now in a way better place. And awesome. uh, yeah, that's where I'd go. I love that. Um, so that's kind of a good segue. So obviously you founded Death to Stock um, several years ago. Yeah. What brought you to this? What were you doing before? How did it come to be? Yeah. So I was freelancing. Um, I was a year out of college. And for me, freelancing was anything I could do to make money. Like that was just a very broad term of like, oh, you need marketing help? Oh, you need photography? Oh, you need video? Like I can do that. Um, and so I had been doing that for a while. And I just started realizing that um, the platforms that were out right now, like uh, Instagram and Pinterest and Tumblr, there was so much media being pumped through these different channels that it was kind of just like, how are people going to have that much good media to put through um, for their social campaigns? And so I started approaching a bunch of different businesses in the West Coast, uh, in Columbus, and just was basically saying like, hey, do you guys need a content creator to help you with all of these different channels? And after probably eight different rejections for trying to be like a full-time photographer at a company, um, I ended up just saying, you know what? It's not just single brands that need great media. It's individuals, it's freelancers, it's people like me, um, it's bloggers, it's my friends. And so uh, me and my friend Allie just started it as an email list. It was called Death of the Stock Photo. And it was just like sign up and get free stock photography. Um, 
so it started taking off and um, we would go on like a photo mission almost every month to create that media. And after maybe six months, I think there was like 20,000 people signed up to this email list, which was wow. way, way more than I ever expected. I um, mean, we did a lot to kind of facilitate community growth there um, and kind of build up that audience. Um, but what we ended up doing about six months in is we uh, crowdfunded a road trip. And the premise of the road trip was uh, we're going to travel around the U.S. We're going to shoot photos in all these different cities. And everything we shoot is yours to keep if you back this trip. And so after we ran the road trip, it was great for community building, but we actually brought in some cash. And the cash let us build the, our first web app, which I think it cost us like $3,000. Like we spent like barely anything to cobble together a product. Um, and we've just bootstrapped it from there. So every month for the past four years, we put out a photo pack. Um, the goal is to really help people kind of create new projects and spark ideas. Um, and yeah, I think we looked at it like a project, but slowly it kind of became this business as the audience really started building up. Um, and yeah, it's just been a great platform. I'm just really excited about all the growth and the people we get to work with. So. Yeah, because you guys are now working with big brands. Yeah, yeah. It's been really interesting um, to see. I think one thing that happens when you build like a very grassroots audience of sort of like individuals everywhere, a lot of those people work at big companies. And so we find that we either work with a big company um, or we have people who are signed up at big companies and it kind of opens that door for us. So it's like some spot, you know, some Spotify designer or something like that saw the list, they signed up and then it's easier to start working with someone like that because there's that connection. So it really, the email list really acts as that awareness for us um, to yeah, work with great companies, people like yourself. I mean, that's how we got connected for the partnership is yeah. just the email list. So. Yeah. And so how do you even go about finding, you know, all these photographers and people to create media for the platform? Yeah, totally. So for the first two years, I mean, we just really like bootstrapped it. Like the first two years was only us shooting all the photos. So I think people sort of try to get ahead of themselves early in projects and they think they need like this huge team to make it happen. Um, but we just were scrappy and made it happen enough so that there was a platform that made it interesting for other creators. So after we had crowdfunded the road trip, we realized, hey, there's a lot of people who like what we're doing. We can share that with other artists who are doing great stuff in this space. And I'd say most of the people we've worked with, it's honestly just been a really natural connection somewhere. So um, either they know somebody that we've worked with in the past uh, or they've reached out and it's just felt like a natural fit. I feel like it's even like this partnership that we did was the exact same way that everything else has happened, whether it's working with Medium or working with like a really, a photographer who's 16 in Detroit, a photographer in South Korea, like it's all just some small connection. Yeah, I really love that as a sentiment. And so at what point was this a business that was paying your bills? Bible, yeah. Uh, it was probably a year. So, um, six months in, we do the road trip that gives us some cash. And we said to ourselves, if we can get 500 people to sign up for a premium version of this, we're going to like do it full time. Um, because that was going to like bring in enough income for us. And I think we got like 415 people signed up and we're like, okay, well that's like close enough. So I might as well do it. Um, 
And so, yeah, I went full-time probably a year and a half in. Um, again, I think it's kind of the same sentiment. It's like before a lot of people think that you have to have a huge team and raise money and stuff. And if you slow play it and you kind of build up organically, um, I feel like it built us to a healthier place where when I made the transition, it was sturdier. So I think it was a year and a half in. Yeah. And have you still not raised any money today? Yeah. yeah no, Amazing. it's kind of interesting. Actually, we don't have like a board or anything like that, um, which has been intentional. And I don't think I necessarily have anything against raising money, but it definitely changes like the entire concept of the business, I suppose. Um, and when I was in college, I really thought that was like the path, like you move to the Valley or whatever, and you raise money and you sell the company. Um, but I think lately I've been more interested in kind of a, a bit more intentional type business. And, um, yeah, it's just been more us at least so far to kind of just maintain that opportunity to do whatever we want without yeah. feeling like we have to like get this return immediately. That's awesome. And why free photos? Yeah. Um, well, it's definitely compelling for people early on. It definitely adds a lot of value for people early on. Um, I think the thing that we've learned over the long run is that there really are a lot of people who are trying to break into the creative space um, who don't have very many resources. And I think we talked about this last time I was in, but we realized how global our audience is. And I would just feel kind of bad removing that offering at this point because you've got all these people who are coming online for the first time um, in you know just countries all over the world who really don't have that type of budget. So I'd say great on the marketing side, like if we're being real about the business side, it obviously that's helped us scale. Um, but also, uh, it's just a cool piece of kind of what we do as well. Yeah. I love it. So now I really want to dive into our five thing segment. Um, and something that I think is, uh, you know, really a part of the authenticity of the brand that you've built in our building is the fact that you yourself are a creator and this company started this community that you've built started from a place of both need and also craft. <laughs> um, what are some kind of like five insights or, or tactics to really give other creators who might be in a similar place looking to build their community or or their business? Yeah, I think the first thing is give where it hurts. And that's a quote that my coach uh, actually told me, which is whatever you're going through, whatever stress you've had, whatever problems you've overcome, other people are gonna go through those same problems. And so if you can find a solution for that yourself, you can help other people do that. And so I think if you're a creator trying to build a community, the first place to start is just take stock of like where you are and what you've overcome, what problems you've uh, seen and maybe faced, and then figure out how you can help other people through that. So I think the first thing to build kind of a natural community around what it is that you do is... Uh, use stories from your past, use problems you've overcome to help other people avoid that or help them get through quicker um, because you know what it's actually like. And I think that's the first way to very naturally start building something that other people get involved with. And also so evident in the business that you've built. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and the second thing I'd say, and we kind of were talking about this earlier, um, is just to act natural. So a lot of people, when they start out, they think I have to pretend like I'm this huge brand. Like I'm going to email people back saying we, when it's just me. And actually I find that people are a lot more sort of attracted or engaged to things when you're just totally honest. So if you wanted to start a podcast, let's say today, maybe your first episode is you going on the air and just saying, Hey, this is my first podcast. I've never recorded a podcast before. I've been researching it online for the past few days. And here's kind of what I learned, but I'm not sure if it's going to work. Like the more just straightforward you are instead of sorting, 
sort of like trying to be something, um, I think the more engaged people are. So I'd say just like be as natural as possible. Tell people where you're at. Um, you know, when we were just starting, let's say as an email list a few months in, we weren't going to say this is like a huge company and we're trying to partner with you. It's like, no, it's just two of us. We shoot all the photos. We've only done four emails so far, but do you want to do this thing? Um, and so I think that's the second thing is just try to act nat as natural as possible. Don't try to be somebody else. And I think that that even plays into other bigger marketing cues around transparency. Yeah. Whether you're yeah. in the business of doing a product or creative or whatever, it's like being transparent and honest is what people gravitate to. So I love that. Yeah. An easy way to talk about something um, about your project is the process. And so if you're just learning the process, there's other people who are trying to learn that process. And so you might as well be transparent and just talk about it. Um, the third thing, which has just been so big for me personally that I'm a big believer in, is setting a consistency schedule. So I mentioned earlier, every month for the past four years, we've sent out a free email. Um, and without that mechanism of you have to show up every month, you have to show up every month, you have to make something new, I don't think we would have progressed the way we have. And so I'm just a big advocate of saying whether it's one time a month, one time a week, every day. Pick what it is um, that you want to put out there into the world and just consistently show up, even if it's bad. Um, but I think that's the way to keep making progress. Like I'm on the hook next month for another set. And because of that, I'm going to figure out how to make it happen. Um, and the longer you go on, you don't want to break that chain. Um, so the, the next point I think is uh, really tied to the previous one, which is you want to get good. And I know that sounds simple, but it's really easy, especially when you're starting out, to get confused with what's important. So a lot of people, they try to uh, start a business or a project and they get really caught up in like, should it be a C Corp or an LLC? And like, what about my social media channels and all this stuff? I think you want to just look at like, what's the one thing I'm going to get really good at? And just stop doing everything else until that is like amazing. And so I think if you can focus on just one thing, like if it's your podcast, just podcast. Like that's the most important thing, podcast. And if you have a schedule, that's the mechanism for you to also get good. So I think those two points are um, pretty tied together. Totally. I couldn't agree more. Um, and the, the last one is when a lot of people ask us about kind of the early days and how we built a community um, I always say do things that don't scale, which I think is a Y Combinator phrase. Um, but the basic idea is it's all about the stuff that takes the, the extra bit of time, the extra bit of interaction with somebody from your community that's going to help you grow. So in the early days for us, it's like, I want to talk to everybody on this email list I can. I want to email personally with them. I want to have phone calls with them. Like, I want to do all this stuff that isn't put an ad out there and like get a huge ROI, but in the long run, it builds a strong foundation for you. So I think the fifth thing is really getting out there and just, yeah, making it happen in an organic way by putting in the extra time um, with people in your community. And it's almost like don't get, don't get too distracted by conversion, ROI and growth and traffic and sales, but rather think and invest in the people around you and cultivating that like word of mouth community. Cause I'm sure yeah, all those people that you met and photographers that you went to lunch with or at coffee and then they're talking about, Oh, have you heard of death stock is so cool. Yep. Those personal one-on-one -on -one relationships are what really yeah. create like IRL momentum, totally. like behind the scenes momentum. And the consistency schedule was made to produce value for other people. So if you have a consistent thing that's giving value to other people and then you're meeting with people at the coffee shop, then they can tell someone else, hey, there's this thing, but you're going to get a bunch of value. It's just such like an easier kind of facilitation of that um, kind of organic growth, yeah. I guess.
Uh, David, so many good nuggets. Um, so what's next for you guys? Yeah, we um, have been going through a big redesign, which is really exciting. Um, I think we've been doing more video, and I know video is very important right now for a lot of people. So I think we're going to um, explore more in that area. I I think we've been in kind, not a holding pattern, but we've been definitely like trying to understand the business really well over the past year. So I'm excited to kind of pull the trigger on a lot of insights that happen just through um, talking through the business model and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm just excited about that whole cool. kind of next step. And just from an even more granular level for people who aren't familiar with death to the stock or death to stock, is it something like, you know, you pay per photo or is it, it you mentioned a premium model? How does, yeah. Yeah, what's your structure? Yeah. So the premium model is just a subscription library that you pay for a monthly access to, and it's just 15 bucks a month. Um, or you can pay yearly at a discount. And basically what that allows you to do is get consistently refreshed with new photos. So our premium members get more media every month. They get videos in their library. I mean, they also have this big database of everything we've ever created. So I'm a big believer in if you're trying to be at your creative edge, you want to be consistently fueled with something new. Like it's not just... um, kind of the old stuff that you want to dig through. It's like that new idea that can come from a set that gets released like today with the, uh, the Matt Black and Shapeshift report set. I think it helps spark you um, to try something new. So the premium membership is really like, let's help you keep at your creative edge on a very consistent basis. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay, so going off topic again, if you were to get to have dinner with three of your idols – who do you choose? Why? And because you're a supposed foodie, yeah, oh, wow, where, yeah, which yeah. restaurant do you go to? Okay, I'm loving PYT, which is in downtown LA. Oh, I don't know if you've tried that no. before, but it's so, so good. Um, there's one chef who has five restaurants. They're almost all in the same corner. He like owns a street downtown. Um, and PYT is just unbelievable. Great service. Um, that was like just one of my best gonna go. experiences. Okay. You should definitely go. They have a, a cool neon um, turn up actually on their wall. Um, mm. The three idols. Um, I want to go future since we're doing the future issue. So Kevin Kelly, who's my favorite futurist, um, he's just an incredible person. He started Wired Magazine. Oh, cool. Um, fascinating, fascinating guy. He like lives with the Amish for part of the year because he's just curious about it. He, uh, before he was 30, he like traveled around the globe backpacking and taking photography and he, um, took a bicycle across the U S like he rode from East coast to West coast, like very interesting guy. Um, so I think I'd want to talk about the future. So, uh, Kevin Kelly, who is the wired guy, Elon Musk, which is like a cop-out answer, but like, let's just go there. Yeah. Let's just go there with like, um, yeah, some real kind of futurism there. And then, uh, this is cheesy, but I'd say my dad, because my dad really likes science fiction. And I think he would just get like a huge kick out of that conversation. Like he can go there too. I don't feel like he knows that much about technology, but like he gets really psyched about stuff. You'd win all the kid credits if you brought him to a dinner with Elon Musk. (laughs) Me and my dad hanging out. We're both from Ohio, but we both like technology like futurism stuff and then it's elon musk and kevin kelly we'd probably just listen the entire time and i'm sure they would have a conversation and we'd only understand like every third word or yeah something like that. <laughs> but that sounds interesting so i would try that out at, at pyt yeah that's, that's where we go good to know i'm gonna do it so um we have to ask that you let our audience know where they can find you what's your url what's your handles 
Cool. Yeah. Um, it's memorable, but long death to the stock photo.com, um, is where you can just, uh, sign up for our email list or check out our premium plan. We're at death to stock on every social channel on Vimeo, stuff like that. Um, I'll plug this. I, I'm trying to do more live streaming. Uh, and I think we're going to do that through Vimeo. So if you're interested in kind of seeing what we're going to do with live streaming, you should check that out. I'm excited about that. Um, and then uh, I have a personal email list called The Gold List. Uh, if you just search David Sherry or David J. Sherry, you can probably find that too. Um, I actually talk about kind of futurist type stuff on there. Um, Love it. And yeah, thank you so much for having me on oh the show gosh. and everything. I'm, I'm, I'm going to plug you guys, which is working with you all was like the best, easiest experience ever. Like oh. I feel like three months ago we set an intention for this collaboration and then it just like happened. I love it. So for people listening, if you guys are like trying to work with Matt Black, it was like, let's do this really awesome thing. And then it was like over deliver and it's done. Oh, so that's that amazing. I think that, um, you know, uh, in business or in life, I'm a big believer in like, just do, just do it. Um, and thankfully everyone here has the same mentality and, and we've got good vision, yeah. but equally as much the same. Um, so you guys have to check out, uh, the future issue on shapeshifterport.co. This is where you're going to see, um, basically all of the incredible photos that we captured, which you can also download for free, uh, through death to stock and also from the site and also David, um, guest edited is that a word? Guest edited, guest editor. Editorial. <laughs> he guessed, he was the guest editor for this issue. Um, and so I actually personally really loved even just his editor's letter. So if that is all you walk away from, you'll be walking away with a lot. So go to shapeshiftreport.co. Uh, you can follow along on at shapeshiftreport and we will see you, talk to you next episode. 